This is G-N-E, the podcast, Golf and Entrepreneurship with Jane Geddes, major champ, entrepreneur, and businesswoman. I believe so much in faith because you you, um, you really, you have no idea that any of that could, you can't even imagine it happening. And as it's happening, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm winning. And I'm, I just won the US Open and I just won another tournament. And you know, and you think, wow, this is, you know, how is this happening? You know, so it's kind of crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of G&E, the podcast where each week we talk with individuals who are creating remarkable careers, lives, and businesses around this great game and this week we have a very special guest for you all and a cool milestone for the podcast our first ever major champ Jane Geddes has come on the show Jane is a two-time major champion with 11 wins on the LPJ tour and 15 total worldwide who has arguably achieved more success off the course since retiring in business than she did on it which you may find hard to believe and in today's interview we talk with her about how she got started with golf her life on tour, and her success as a businesswoman. And so, without further ado, Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Absolutely. It's great to have you on. So, where are you calling in from? I am calling in from Tampa, Florida. Uh, I live in Tampa. I moved back here uh, about a year and a half ago. So, um, Tampa's probably the place that I've lived the most years out of all of my li- uh, all of my years of traveling around. Um, so, um, I kind of call Tampa home now. That's fantastic. So are you playing much at all uh, golf anymore that you're living in Florida or are you just pretty busy with all of your business uh, ventures going on? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I, I wish I could say that I played more. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't get to play very often. I actually just got back from a tournament. I played in the senior LPGA championship uh, that was played at French, French Lake resort in Indiana uh, this past week. And, but I, I, you know, I go to those tournaments completely unprepared. And so it's, um, you know, I wish yeah, I, I, understand. I wish played more. So yeah, of course. So how did you play without uh, being prepared? Um, I, uh, I I shot a horrible first round, um, and uh, and then kind of rallied a little bit the last two. So I, I I finished playing in the middle of the field. So I was actually quite happy with that. Yeah. Hey, I mean, not bad for being a bu- busy woman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And like I said, there, you know, you're busy, and I I was preparing for this interview, and I mentioned this before the phone call, and. Uh, you know, to go through your entire resume would take a couple podcasts at least. And so, uh, you know, h- how do you do it all? You, do you never sleep or something? Um, you know, what's, what's your secret? Um, you know, I have, um, I, I have definitely kept myself busy. Um, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've played golf for 20 years on tour and, um, and, and just was never wanted to be one of those players that kind of just stayed around and hung on. Um, and so after that, um, you know, I, 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 you know, spent some time kind of figuring out what I wanted to do and, and then got busier than I probably thought I was ever going to be, um, on the corporate side of both golf and other stuff. So, which is, but it's been great. It's, um, I've had some really interesting kind of twists and turns in my career and I, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, you know, I got to play golf and got paid for traveling around the world, you know, playing the game I love. So, um, you know, that's like a dream come true. So everything, you know, beyond that is sort of icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. And right now you're working on the invite her campaign and we're going to dive into that in a minute. But before we do, uh, like you said, you had a, a successful playing career, got a chance to travel all around the world doing so, uh, 11 total wins. And, uh, so to give our listeners a background, you know, maybe the few who are not aware, uh, how did you get into mm-hmm. golf, um, as a, as a kid? Well, I was, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting because I didn't, 
um, I, well, first of all, I don't come from a, a golfing family and, um, I grew up on Long Island and, and really we weren't a part of the golfing scene or country club scene. And then my dad got transferred to South Carolina when I was 15. And, um, it was, it was a hard move for me. I was, you know, I was a bit of a, uh, an outcast moving from Long Island with a very thick New York accent down to South Carolina. And, um, um, at that point, um, uh, I was I, I was just not happy at all, and my mom was trying to figure out what to do with me. And I played all kinds of sports, and and when I was growing up and stuff. And at that point, Beth Daniel, who grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, um, had won I think her second uh, U.S. Amateur, and so she was you know quite popular in uh, in the city of Charleston. And they had just run an article um, about her in the newspaper. My mom read it, and she asked me if I wanted to um, um, take lessons from her golf pro. Um, and I, I was like, no, I don't want to play golf. You know, I, I don't like, I don't, I'm not interested. And, yeah. and, um, unfortunately for me, or fortunately, I suppose she had already made the lesson. And, um, so I went, I, you know, I, I went to the first one and, um, and kind of the rest is history. I, the best teacher at that time was Derek Hardy, who was the um, director of golf at Country Club of Charleston. And um, I took a lesson, my very first lesson ever, with him. Career. On that day, if you bring her back, I won't charge you for a lesson. So my mom was like, "Okay, you know that's that's nice." And you know, I was the moment I took that lesson from Derek, I was intrigued, and I um, and I thought, "Hmm, you know, this is this is pretty challenging, and maybe this would be fun to kind of you know." trying to do. And that, that was it really. I mean, and then I kind of went, I, I was, you know, I kind of went fast forward after that. Um, I was lucky because I, um, I had never picked up a club before and I only know one way to swing and never had to correct anything because I, you know, how I swing is how I swing, you know? So, um, you know, so I was able to kind of fast track and ended up going to Florida state and, um, and, um, played on that team and we actually won the national championship my junior year there. And wow. then, went on and thought I could, you know, I was good enough to go term pro. So, which everybody thought I was crazy, but I did. So, yeah, that's what I'm a little bit curious about. So picking up golf at 15, it's such an experienced game. And you find that a lot of people who make it to the top levels have been playing since a young age. And so even though you were seeing success at the college level, is this why people thought you were kind of crazy for turning pro with, I guess, lack of experience compared to what other people had on their resumes by this time? Um, well, because I just started playing, you know, I mean, and it was, it was sort of like, what do you mean you're, you're leaving school? What do you mean you're going to term pro? You just, you know, you just started playing and it was, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have, um, the support of, um, you know, anyone around me except for my parents, which was great. And, and, you know, it was one of those things where I always thought, well, I'll go try and I could always go back to school, you know? And so it was on a whim, but, um, you know, it was, why not? Yeah. You know, I'm 21 years old and, you know, I might as well give it a try. So did you go play the mini tours and, um, you know, work your way up or were you able to just get through Q school and get right on the LPGA? Uh, yeah, well, I, w- I went through one, I missed once. And then, um, and then I, you know, went, then went back and, um, ended up, you know, getting on, getting on the, um, for the second time around. And, um, I had a good, you know, but when I missed it the first time, I, it kind of, it kicked me into gear and I thought, all right, I'm going to one more try and that's it. Um, and it kind of kicked me into gear to really focus on what I was doing and then got on tour and, um, you know, and then I was, 
I won the U.S. Open after being on tour for three years, and that was my first win. So it was, you know, just kind of snowballed that, you know, just one of those things, you know, you just, you can't, it's so hard to predict. And it, I believe so much in fate because you, you, um, you really, you have no idea that any of that could, you can't even imagine it happening. And as it's happening, you're like, Oh my God, I'm winning. <laughs> and I'm what, I just won the US Open. Yeah. And I just won another tournament. And, you know, and you think, wow, this is, you know, how is this happening? You know? So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I would actually love to talk about that because like you said there, you won the 86 open, then went on to win a bunch more adding the 87 LPJ championship to that resume. And a big thing about entrepreneurship, business, golf, really anything you're working to be successful at is mindset and confidence. And so during that two, three year stretch where you were on fire, uh, was there a specific mindset or thought you had? And if so, was there something you did to get in this state or did it just kind of happen? It just, it kind of just happened. I mean, it, um, you know, I, I worked hard on my game and I got in a role and I got in the zone and it's so weird. It's like, you can't even, you know, I, I can't explain it. I just, you know, I, I felt like when I got on the golf course, I was, people were going to have to beat me. Um, and it was, it was, you know, and you feel like you're going to do that your whole, the rest of your career. And of course that never happens, but, um, as you're going through it, you know, you, it's, it's very hard to explain. And I went through a, a really, you know, I went, I went through, I think 12 months and months in tournaments or something crazy like that. And it was, you know, just, it, it, it just happened. Like I, 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 I wish I could be more insightful, but <laughs> I really can't, I really cannot, you know, it just, it happened. And every time I, sw- you know, I felt like I knew where the ball was going every time I, every time I swung at it, um, you know, and then you make some putts and you get near the lead and, um, you know, when you have that momentum, it's, it, um, it all kind of, it works for itself. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're a major champ and a question we love to ask professional golfers. And I'm curious what your perspective is from getting on the LPGA pretty quickly, but we've had a few people on who are currently playing or have played on the mini tours and they found that it was very entrepreneurial. Like they're running their own small business because you're raising money, you're getting new sponsors, you're organizing your travel schedule, building a team around themselves, et cetera. And so did you feel like you were the CEO of your own little business when you were first getting started on the LPGA tour? Yeah, you are, but you, it, it's funny because back then, I mean, it, it just you, you kind of surround yourself with some people. You know, I was with ING, and they kind of take care of your stuff. And you really, it's like, yeah, you're your business, but it's um, it, it's like people are kind of doing stuff for you. It, not then that sounds like you know, kind of Hollywoodish, and it's not because it wasn't back then. But you're just, you know, really what you try to tell yourself is all I, I really just have to focus on my golf. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all because it's a lot to focus on, you know? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So, you know, if we, if we continue talking about your career, it'd probably take up the entire podcast. And, you know, I know something we want to focus on too is, is what you did after your playing years. And so you went on, you had this successful career. You won 11 times. I, you know, I know you played in the Solheim Cup and I believe you were the assistant captain as well, but you eventually ended up transitioning out of it and found a second career from that. And so uh, I I saw when I was doing research for the interview that you started an e-commerce company in 1998. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is the story behind that? Yeah, that was, you know, I was living in California then and got the bug. Um, So there were a few of us that got together and started this company. We, it was kind of when, just when uh, online shopping was getting going and um, we thought it'd be cool to, um, 
have a way for people to buy gifts in advance. And so we, so that you could plan your amnesia. So when you, you know, you, you, someone's birthday and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot about it, you know, gift. Um, and so we wanted to create a, um, a, um, technology that would allow you to buy things in advance. And so we actually, we, we got it funded and, um, we had like 30 people working for us and developing it. We developed the platform and it's kind of, it sat on your desktop. It was like a, like a desktop shopping cart, kind of like a Google card or it's like, you know, like that kind of thing you can do now. Like you shop for Amazon, you put all different things in it. Well, back then, then obviously didn't have anything like that. And so we, um, you know, we developed it and got funding and, um, and then, um, kind of right when we were at the end, we had, uh, we had companies that were, you know, that we, you know, had, uh, contracted with and whatnot to work with us. And part of our um, funding got pulled. And we were like, no, 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 you can't do this. <laughs> no, we're just getting started. Um, so we ended up selling our technology. And, you know, we kind of laugh now. We see stuff that's, you know, kind of like, you know, it's an online shopping cart, which, yeah. again, back then was, you know, was, was novel. And it was funny because one of our investors, I'll never forget, we were sitting somewhere talking. And, and he said to us, you know, that one day you're going to be able to order pizza from your phone. I mean, and I like, I remember that like yesterday and we were like, wow, do you think so? Like, wow, that will be amazing. Yeah, right? Now you can and, see that's in the oven so, <laughs> and it's making and you can see yeah, the time. Like, yeah. Now you do, oh, like, it's ridiculous. Like, of course you can, yeah, I know. you know, from the app on your phone. So anyway, so, um, it was, it was fun. It was a uh, really interesting to be a part of that scene. You know, we, we, you know, we worked with the um, venture capital companies and got some really cool meetings, you know, um, you know, with some really big companies and learned a lot. Um, and so it was, it was great. It was a, um, it was a cool thing to do and it was the right time. And then the, you know, internet bubble burst. So nobody felt too bad about anything that happened after that. So, yeah. And so I know you were playing during this, uh, what was this during the end of your career when you were considering retirement or was it just more that you were handling the high level things and had people doing the day to day? Because I would imagine that doing this while being on tour would be pretty, uh, time consuming. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was, it was, it was one of those things where I was had started to think about what I wanted to do when I um, stopped playing and I was playing full time then. So it was more like when I was, I was just an investor in the company and I was, you know, and I was, when I, when I would come home, I'd go to the office and, you know, be a part of everything and be a part of, you know, a a lot of the things that had to do with the, um, with the um, investors that we had. And so, you know, I was involved enough that I, you know, I was there on a fairly regular basis um, and involved in it. And it was a great way to learn. Um, and like I said, and the time was right because it was a cool time to be involved in something like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 that's so funny to hear that. It was like the shopping cart. Now, like you said, we have Amazon, yeah, you can just right? keep stuff there, but, but this was your first taste. You were, you were getting the feel for what you want to do. And like you said, you didn't want to just stop playing the LPGA and then, you know, just kind of sit around and you want to do something. And so, uh, I believe you finished in 2003 Right. And then you went on to earn a law degree. So what was your uh, what was your goal with going back to school and getting this degree? Yeah, so I kind of made a deal with myself when I left Florida State and turned pro uh, in the beginning that I would at some point go back and finish my degree. And so I did. I went back. Um, I was living in Tampa, and I went back to the University of South Florida and finished up my undergrad. And then while I was kind of doing that, I was winding down from from playing, and then I was not playing at all. And, um, and then 
I was, um, and then I thought, you know what? Okay, now what am I going to do? And I, I knew that getting, you know, I, I knew that my name would open up some doors, um, but I, I, I felt as though I need a little more to hold those doors open. And so I was either going to get my master's or go to law school, and I had always kind of been interested in going to law school. So um, I went to law school, and it was a great experience. And I was, it, you know, I was, I was totally away from the tour, and I went full time, and um, it was cool. It was it was the right thing to do at the right time for me, and I use it all the time now. And it's nice to have that, um, you know, that um, you know that sort of um, you know skill behind me, but also that credibility, you know, that I you know that I did that, and I use it, you know, every day. So oh, I'm sure I, was, that's what I've heard. I, I do it again. You know, you don't necessarily have to be a lawyer to use your law degree. Like you said, you use it every right. day. And it's not just that. It's the fact that, um, you know, you have that achievement under your belt. And like you said, it will hold those doors open for you. And uh, then you then you transitioned into a successful business career. And so what did you do after that? What was your first job? And, and you know, where'd you go from there? So I got uh, when I was just about to graduate from law school, I got a phone call from the then uh, commissioner of the LPJ, Carolyn Bivens. And I I didn't know Carolyn. I was pretty removed from the tour, like I said. And um, she uh, she just called me, and somebody had mentioned that they might want to, she might want to get in touch with me. She was looking to fill some spots in the company, and um, so she gave me a call. And she said, "Hey, what are you doing? What are you what are you going to be doing after you get done with law school?" And I said, "Well, I don't know. You know, I re- I really don't." So she invited me to come over and to go to Daytona and intern in the legal department at the LPJ and just see if you know. It was something I wanted to do, and of course, you know that interested me. I didn't, I didn't know that that, uh, you know, was was going to happen. It wasn't wasn't like planned. Um, and then, um, so I interned, and then by the time at the end of my internship, she offered me a job in in tournament a bit in tournament business. Um, and so I um, I worked in tournament business there, and then I'm kind of um, Carolyn created a position for me in uh, overseeing competition, and then. Um, and then Carolyn left and Mike Juan came on and I kind of changed my role there. And at the, at the end of the time, the first time I was there, um, I was basically overseeing most everything that has to do with the players, whether it was competition or player services or professional development or whatever kind of touched the players was kind of going through my department. Um, and so, and, and I was working a lot with Mike Juan and was very involved in um, the time when we were working on getting the uh, golf in the Olympics. And so it was a cool time to be there and a cool time to be a part of a lot of really neat things that were going on in the industry and kind of representing the LPJ in that. So it was a great experience Um, and and sort of my first, you know, like my first job really. Yeah, absolutely. It was was pretty cool. So, so how was that for someone who spent their life playing golf? Did you enjoy the business perspective? Like, was this a fresh start and you were, you know, really into it? I did. Yeah, I I did. I really, I, you know, I did. I, it was something that I was always interested in how it all worked and had a sort of false impression as a player of really how it all worked as players just do. Um, so it was interesting to get on the other side of the ropes and, and really understand the inner workings and, and how it's all put together and, and the whys and hows and, and what. And so it was, um, yeah, it was a, it was, it was really cool to be on the other side and, and be involved in the LPJ just as it is now, you know, it's, it's, um, 
it's nice to be able to feel like you're giving back to something that gave you a lot. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's just it's, it that way. it's it's massive business, and I just could not imagine all the moving parts. It's got to be just, yeah, it's got to be amazing to see that and. Out of personal curiosity, I heard you mention there the Olympics, and I, I personally was a huge fan of it being in um, in the Olympics with Justin Rose winning and all that. Were you did you play a role in that, or did you um, go work for the WWE before that was all finished? No, I did. No, I did play a role. I, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't with the LPJ when the Olympics was actually staged, um, but as we were leading up to. Um, you know, that I was, a, I represented the LPJ on the IGF. I was actually chairperson of the international golf, um, federation. So yeah, during that time. And it was, it was, it was, you know, all everything, you know, from, I mean, we, we went to, um, uh, to Lausanne and, and met with the, um, you know, the real people at the Olympics. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was a really, it was thrilling. It was really thrilling to be a part of that group of, yeah, you know, it was PGA, um, PGA of America, and you know, it was, it was Tim Fincham, and uh, you know, it, it was like all the the people, um, you know, that headed the um, tours and whatnot in the USGA that were part of that. Um, so it was really, so it was cool. It was, it was really cool that Mike Wan gave me that opportunity to play a big role in that, and I, and I, you know, that was something that I'm very, very grateful for because it was an amazing experience. So I'm sure it was. That is awesome. You really got thrown into it all while you were with the LPGA, but then I know you eventually left and you took a job with the WWE, which is basically opposite worlds from golf, and it sounds like it was probably an unreal experience. So how did this happen? It was, it was interesting. So I got a phone call from a recruiter looking, um, uh, asking me about this position and, um, you know, and I was, uh, you know, she said, I have this position at this company, WWE. And I was like, I, I don't know what WWE is. It like, and I, I was thinking wrestling, like wrestling. And she said, yeah. And I kind of laughed and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm not a fan. I'm a, she's like, no, 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 hear me out, hear me out. And one thing led to another and it was an amazing challenge. It was they were looking to turn this department around. That was really basically everything I was doing at the LPJ. Sounds funny, but it, they wanted me to come there and um, and oversee the wrestlers. And you know, it's a traveling show, just like the LPJ. And you know, the player issues and things that um, are dealt with on a regular basis, just from a human being perspective, are very similar. And so, um, once I got there and I saw that you know, once I agreed to the opportunity and got there, I, it was even more than I thought. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was, so it was an amazing, I mean, WWE is a fantastic, huge, huge, you know, entertainment company. And, um, it was, uh, for me, it was probably, uh, one of the best things I could have ever done because it really challenged me, took me out of my comfort zone and made me, um, you know, I had to learn a completely new language and business and, and, um, and it's a great, you know, it's a great place to work and the people and the wrestlers and uh, the entertainers, not really the wrestlers are, you know, they're fantastic people and so dedicated to their craft. And I made a lot of really great friends there. Um, it was an intense job, um, and it was 24 seven. And so it was, you know, I put in, I put in about four years and that was, uh, that was good. Um, and you know, and, and, but it was great. And I, I take a lot of the things that I, I, I learned there, um, you know, back now to what, you know, back in golf and, um, but, but still able to, you know, apply a lot that I learned. 
Yeah, talk about going to a completely different side of the spectrum in the sports arena. And it sounds like to me it was very, very fulfilling. And then eventually you come back to golf and you're working with the LPGA Tour again and something you're playing a major role with that is getting a lot of press is the Invite Her campaign. So what made you want to start working with the Tour again? Um, you know, I wanted to get back into golf. And um, I got this opportunity to work. Um, I was actually hired as the CEO of the Executive Women's Golf Association. Okay. And um, and then about six months after I was hired, Mike Juan and I kind of got together and decided maybe um, it would be a good idea for the LPGA to take this under um, their roof. And um, we did that. Um, and then as it relates to the Invite Her, the Invite Her is, is really uh, sort of a joint effort between the LPGA Women's Network and uh, the golf industry. Um, I'm the chairperson of the Real Golf Women's Task Force. And uh, when I was right after I was hired as CEO of um, the Executive Women's Golf Association, Steve Mona um, asked me to um, be the chairperson of this um, committee. And I was, I was glad to do that. And uh, we put together a strategic plan that, you know, really focused on growing the game for women as, you know, everybody wants to do. And um, uh, while at the LPGA uh, a few months ago, I was a part of a meeting where this invite her came up. And so it was a perfect connection for what we wanted to do with the task force to be able to combine um, this effort with the LPGA and um, really getting, you know, g- getting women into the game and really um, putting action behind that invite. And so it was sort of the perfect, kind of the perfect storm of everything coming together um, to be able to kind of, you know, put everything forward in this um, initiative. So it it makes it, it makes it even better. Right? It makes it, it's a very feel good kind of thing all the way around. Yeah, it really is. And so what is the idea behind the whole campaign? Because I was looking at some stats before our call and something like only 24% of golfers, I think, are women. And so what are you all hoping to achieve with the Invite Her campaign to change that? Um, it's really to put action behind the invite. We have all been invited to play golf, right? If you play golf, you've been invited. Hey, hey, Ron, you should come to my course, right? We should play sometime. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, you know what? I have a tea time tomorrow, Friday, Friday at nine o'clock. So please join me. Here's the club. Here's where, you know, so that's a different sort of invite. And so for women who that, who, you know, where the game is intimidating and, and just feels like it's so far over there. Um, to be able to put the action behind that invite and say, hey, um, you know, sister or mother or wife or friend or whatever, come, why don't you come to the golf course with me tomorrow? Or why don't you go to that? I know about a clinic that is going on. Or why don't you go to this website, invitehor.com, if you want to find a little more um, about the game and you can get more information on it. So it's about the action, um, you know, behind that invite. That's, that's really simply what it is. Okay. And to go off that. So for me personally, golf has given me so much in my life. It's not just friendships, which is something I'm sure you're trying to promote, but also opportunities in business. It's just amazing what the world of golf is once you can get into the game a little bit. And so is this something you're trying to promote that golf is more than just an enjoyable activity, but also can have a lot of benefits in your life from a career perspective? I mean, and that, that's very much so. And, you know, I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm back with the LPJ now as executive director of the LPJ Amateur Golf Association, formerly the EWJ. And that's really what we, that's what we profess is that if you don't play the game, um, you know, let's come find out about it because there's, there's more to it than you think. And, um, and that's the same, you know, invite her gives us that platform to talk about that. And so it's, um, you know, like I said, it's a feel good all the way around and it's, um, 
you know, it, and it kind of fits in every, you know, there's, there's really no part of the industry where it doesn't fit, which is, um, which is great. It makes it great for us because we can have a great dialogue with, um, whether people in the industry or, or out, we've gotten some great interest from, um, you know, from, from people and companies and, and, uh, um, organizations outside the golf industry saying, Hey, I want to, I'd love to talk to you about this. This is really cool. Or, you know, can we help? Or, so it's been really interesting. It's been really, really interesting. And, um, you know, and so it, it makes it even better that people are noticing all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. That is really great. And so if you're listening to this and are intrigued by the idea and want to get involved, where should they go to learn more? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, invitehercom it's really simple. It's a great, great website, tons of resources on there uh, for women that don't play or women that play or, you know, and, and we're going to continue to build that. And, um, and as we have events and activities that are, that coincide with the initiative, you know, they'll be all on there as well. And it really is, it's, it's, a, it's, and even you know, beyond just the website, it's really just taking that action, right? Even if it's, Hey, come ride in the cart with me. Come ride in the cart, you know, because for women and, and maybe for men, but very, 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 very much for women, just getting out of the car at the golf course is intimidating. You know, for us, for, for those of us that play golf, you know, you, you, you get to the golf course, you park your car and you go. Well, for someone that doesn't play golf, well, where do you go? What's a bad golf? Where do you go? Where's the pro shop? Where's the first tee? Where's the driving range? That's like Chinese. And so, you know, to those that don't play golf, and it's very intimidating. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is is kind of ease that um, as much as possible with, you know, with with allowing, um, you know, people to not like I said, people to invite women in um, in their life into the game, and also. Um, you know, accompanying them, you know, through that journey a little bit. Yeah. And even, and even things, you know, just off the top of my head too, is just like inviting to go to Top Golf. You know, it's just getting a chance to swing a club and you know, right. have, have a drink exactly. and play there. It's, it's, go have fun. yeah, go have yeah. fun. And go have like fun. you said, you don't have right. to play 18 holes. You can ride in the cart and hit a few shots and get right. a feel for what's going on. And like exactly. you said, yes, and so much in life. And it's, it's with entrepreneurship. We have, it's a constant theme on the show is everyone's like, oh, just start. And it's like, you know, it's a novel thought, but it's true. Just, just get it going. And it's amazing what it can do for your life. And besides yeah, being a great absolutely. activity, it could, you know, it's a great game. Yeah. Right. You'll meet a lot of great people. A lot of good opportunities will come from it. Well, Jane, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I know you're a very busy woman and I, I appreciate you're you welcome. coming on and talking about your career and hopefully inspires a few people to pick up the game. You know, who knows? Awesome. I hope so too. Thank you so much. It was, it was great, great talking. I, I mean, it's always great to talk about the game and, um, and I hope that people, you know, if, if we really made an effort to have everybody that listens to really just make one invite um, and just to continue that on, I, I think we'll make a difference. And that's what it's all about, really. All right, and that wraps up our interview with Jane Geddes. A big thank you to her for taking the time to come on the show to tell us about her life with golf, entrepreneurship, and as a businesswoman, it was very inspiring, and I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you have been enjoying our show, then please subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcast, and make sure to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Ryan C. Walker underscore. I would love to hear from you. And until next time, thanks again for listening today.